Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Today with me, I have a really special guy, Richard Lawrenson. Are you ready to share your journey with us? I am, Simon. Thanks for having me. Richard is an American entrepreneur and speaker. He's the founder and CEO of Fifth Avenue Brands, which is a public relations firm based in New York and co-founder of Achieve Econic, a personal development website for entrepreneurs. He has been featured on The Entrepreneur, The Huffington Post, Forbes, Business News Daily, Mashable, and Fox News. Richard, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. Let's fill in some gaps and tell us a bit about yourself and something that is really exciting for you right now. Sure. So as you were saying, I run a PR firm here in New York called Fifth Avenue Brands. Uh, And what we do is we specialize in doing media relations for companies that are in technology, uh, companies that are in media, companies that are even in finance or real estate. Uh, We help them basically to get publicity to grow their business. Let's go back a bit on your journey as an entrepreneur and tell me how you got started in the first place with your business. Sure. So I started the company about I guess almost about 10 years ago now. I I started it when I was in high school Um, and we started out, so I I was really young, you know, and it was the beginning of kind of the internet marketing revolution, I guess you could say, where, you know, it was just really starting to become uh, a viable platform for businesses to sell their products online. So I kind of got in early, you know, and I, I was learning at a young age about how to build websites how to do internet marketing. I was, I was reading every book that I can get my hands on. Blogging wasn't really a thing yet, but it was starting to get there. Um, and I was just absorbing a lot of information. And I had a couple small clients who you know, gave me some business, and that's kind of how I got my start. Um, from there, you know, we've grown 100% organically over the years, um, and we've just been really lucky to work with some great clients. Um, at this point, I'd say 80% of our new business comes from referrals from current clients or previous clients. So I guess that's a good sign. Um, you know, and, and we've just, you know, we, we've done really well. We've been really fortunate to, you know, grow so much over the past several years and, and to really be able to take advantage of, you know, just the explosion that we've seen in, in technology and, and social media and internet marketing. Like you said, you were quite young when you started the company. Tell me how the business has evolved since then. So when we started, uh, we probably had more emphasis on, we, we were really a full service agency. So we had emphasis on search engine optimization, uh, you know, web design, pay-per-click marketing, in addition to publicity and, and, and media relations, you know, we were, we were handling everything for our clients and it was you know kind of a a new market for us as we grew i guess maybe about four years in something like that um you know we realized that to continue the fast growth that we were having uh we really had to choose one service that we were the absolute best at and just focus on selling that one product to our clients um you know after a lot of you know internal reflection, we figured out that where we were creating the most value was public relations. Uh, that's where the most demand was for our customers. Uh, so we just, you know, we decided to really focus in and become the best on doing that. And to this day now, you know, that's, that's you know, what we do. That's our core business. Uh, we focus on, you know, delivering the, the highest value that we can in media relations for our clients. Um, so I, I guess you could say over the years, we've just become much more focused 
in how we create value for clients and, you know, really narrowing in on what we do best and pursuing that. What are some brands that are you working with right now? Sure. So we work with a lot of brands in the internet space. Um, you know, one of them, we work with a very well-known stock trader named Timothy Sykes. Timothy Sykes is a great guy. He's going to be on our show within a month. So keep your eyes open. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, Tim, you know, he's a good friend of mine. He runs now one of the largest online academies for, you know, learning how to trade stocks. So, you know, brands like that, that we've we've been working with for, you know, over several years now. Uh, that we've really gotten to, you know, ride their growth along with them. Uh, it's been a fantastic journey. Really want to start today's show off with your favorite quote. I want to get the motivational ball rolling so people can see what's coming next. Do you have a, a favorite quote for us or the words you live by? Sure. So something that I think about a lot is Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Um, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so many obstacles that you hit every single day you're basically, you know, you're in the business of problem solving. Um, so when you're going through all of those problems and all those obstacles, you know, you just got to remember and you, you always have to think about, um, you know, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, you just have to keep going through it. Um, and that's how success is created. Richard, I hope you don't mind, but let's get really practical. I love actionable advice. How can entrepreneurs and people in the audience use this quote in their lives? What I would say is that, I, whenever I speak, I always tell people that entrepreneurs suffer from something called shiny object syndrome, which is that you'll start one business and if you don't start succeed, seeing you know success in a week or two, you'll just jump to the next business, or you know the next minute that you see something even better come along, another opportunity, you'll just you'll jump to that, um, and you know that that's something that every new entrepreneur, most new entrepreneurs. You know, they get stuck in that that quagmire of, you know, not being able to focus on one thing because they hit a problem and they jump to the next. And you just have to remember that when you're hitting those problems, that probably means you're doing something right. Something's getting done. When you're, sol when you're solving problems, you're moving in the right direction. When you run out of problems to solve, that's when you should really, you know, that's when you should worry. I think that's a perfect segue for our next topic. Failure and shiny object syndrome are heavily connected. I want you to look back, Richard, and pick a story or two where you failed or had a huge challenge in your life and how you came it. Because I know that being an entrepreneur isn't always easy. You face hardships. So could you please walk us through an obstacle you had and how you overcame that? Sure. I mean, yeah, you know, business always runs in cycles. So, you know, there's always periods where you go through sometimes where you have a rough patch when it comes to, you know, sales. Or, you know, let's say maybe you lose a key client. We've gone through periods, you know, in the past several years where um, whether it's because of, you know, the, the rough economy that we had a couple of years ago and, you know, the, the market for, you know, what we sell just became really tight. A lot of businesses stopped investing, especially, you know, small and mid-sized companies in the 10 to $50 million range. Um, and you just, you know, you have to, number one, you have to keep your head down. You have to stay focused. Um, like I said, you can't just give up and, and jump to the next opportunity that you think is going to make money faster. Um, and then number two, you know, just really have to focus on, on creating value, um, and looking for opportunities, you know, but you got to stay focused on your core business. Um, you got to keep your head down. You got to keep, keep selling. you got to figure out the things that you have to do every single day, day in and day out to, to keep achieving success and keep your momentum going. Um, you know, even when, when the economy gets that rough or when sales are down. Um, you know, and stay focused on those things. 
how do you keep yourself motivated and focused when you don't see those results, those numbers, that money coming in? How do you know when to quit? How do you know when to give up and maybe change your business? So what I would say is that, you know, obviously success is long term. So it always does take, you know, a while to get to, you know, a lot of people look at where I am now and, and because I'm young and, you know, they think, you know, it's it's a business that just grew really quickly and was an overnight success. But if you really look at it and you look at my story, it's taken me almost, almost 10 years now to become an overnight success. So it, it success is very much a long term game. But at the same time, I think, you know, the way that you stay motivated is by seeing some kind of progress. So while you have these long-term goals, you also set monthly goals or you set, you know, weekly milestones that you have to hit. Or even if it's just, you know, simply daily objectives of things that you want to get done, always be setting very short-term milestones and objectives and goals for yourself. This way you can every single day or every single week, you can at least be checking some kind of a goal or a milestone off your list. And for me, at least, you know, to see that kind of progress, um, you know, that's, that's been a big part of staying motivated. You know, even if you're not hitting that big long-term goal 30 days, if you're hitting something and, you know, you're seeing the progress, um, you know, that, that helps you stay motivated and it shows you that something's happening and, and you kind of keep going. Uh, to answer the second part of your question about, you know, when do you know when to give up? Um, you know, that's, it, it's a tough question because it varies so much based on your industry. Um, what I would say is that, you know, you pursue something for, if it's something that you love doing, you never give up. That's, you know, basically what I believe, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you make an investment, the deal goes bad. Um, it, it really depends on the industry. You know, you have industries like real estate where things tend to move slowly and you might need, if you're building, you know, let's say you're building a building, I've had clients that have had to hang in there, you know, hang into a deal for 10 years before they start to see things turn around. Um, in tech, maybe it's a little bit shorter. But, you know, what it, what it comes down to is, you know, figuring out what you really love to do. And if you're not seeing results and you don't think it's going in the right direction, just find a new way to do it. You know, Thomas Edison said that, uh, you know, he's known for it took him 10,000 or 10,001 tries to invent the light bulb. And what he tells people is, I didn't fail 10,000 times. You know, I just found 10,000 ways that didn't work until I found the right one. So you just always have to, you know, be looking for looking looking at what you're doing and looking at how you can improve what you're doing to you know help your odds of, of getting there quicker. Let's talk about goals. What are your personal goals? Personal goals for me is number one, you know, we have we have a big focus on how we can not only grow our company financially, but grow it so that we're actually making a difference for other companies, grow it so that, you know, we're creating jobs. So that that plays a, a big role in, you know, how I set my goals and how I think about success is I'm always looking at how can we build something that's bigger than just us? How can we build something that, you know, goes on for generations and it creates jobs and it actually makes a difference, uh, you know, for other businesses? Uh, so that's, you know, that's something that I, for me, that's what's important to me. That's what I like to do, um, you know, as well as, you know, there's, there's nonprofits that I'm involved with. Um, and that also, you know, kind of has a component to being an entrepreneur because part of why you do it maybe for some people is to be able to give back. Um, so for me, that's, that's kind of what's central to what drives me. Throughout your career as an entrepreneur, I know you've worked with some of the most brilliant minds in the business. What's the best advice you ever received? So the best, I would say, wow, there's been so much advice over the years. Um, you know what, what I think is most relevant to so many entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs I talk to that are struggling is that they don't start to delegate fast enough. 
you know, and that's something that I didn't do in the beginning either. Um, you know, what, what you really have to think about when, when you're building a company, even in the early stages, is how quickly you can start building a team, um, you know, to start delegating things. Because if you don't start delegating as soon as you can, even if it's because you're trying to save money, you know, you're trying to keep your margins as, as big as you can, uh, you know, to bootstrap and, and put cash aside, you really need to look at how quickly you can start delegating. Otherwise, you burn out so quickly. And I, I see so many entrepreneurs, especially solo entrepreneurs, uh, professional service businesses who are, you know, running very lean operations that they burn out, you know, within the first year uh, because they aren't delegating and they're just, you know, they get totally overloaded with servicing clients, marketing, managing their books. It, you know, it's really hard to do it all. So look for ways uh, that you can delegate, you know, find efficient ways to do it, but you, you've got to get some kind of help. You got to be able to leverage your time if you're really going to grow into a, a serious business. What are the future plans for the company? Let's say five to 10 years. Five, 10 years. We're probably looking at, you know, I think over the, over the course of, you know, between now and mid 2017, we'll probably go to about 25 people. Uh, so over five years, we're looking at a target of about 100 people. So, you know, we're not, we're not growing, looking to become the biggest agency on the block, but, you know, we're really focused on how we can provide boutique high-level service to clients. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we're growing really fast. There are people in the audience who run their own businesses and they want to acquire new customers. What are some best ways to do so? So what's really key in this particular industry is relationships. Um, you know, you don't really, it's, it's much harder to sell whether it's through advertising or, you know, doing, you know, there, there are all kinds of ways that you can market your business. But in this type of industry, it really comes down to relationships and networking. So I would say allocate the majority of your marketing and advertising towards um, either, number one, building your brand. This way, when you do network, you know, you come across as more credible, uh, whether it's through publicity, branding, um, but then also allocating a portion of your budget towards travel for conferences. Um, you know, in this type of industry, you really got to get out there and you got to meet people. So attend as many conferences as you can, uh, you know, network, build relationships with people. And those are where a lot of your best clients will come from. Let's say you had to start your company again from the zero. Would you do something differently when it comes to acquiring clients or you would use the same strategy? I would use a combination of networking and PR. Um, because PR just really helps you build, you, you have to have some kind of, you know, credibility when you're meeting people that makes them want to work with you. So you, you need that combination of having a brand, get started building your brand as soon as you can. And also, you know, just always be networking, always be looking for new relationships. Um, because you know, that that's really key as well. I want to come to present day. How does your average day look like if you have an average day? Yeah, I, I mean, my average day starts early. I get up early in I'm usually up every day around 4:30, so I get up. Yeah, so I get up at 4:30 in the morning. I spend time reading. Uh, I spend a lot of time getting caught up on emails. But you know, I like when I first get up in the morning. I like to spend time, kind of, you know, just getting my mind prepped for the day with whether it's you know reading books about business or or motivational books, just to you know always be learning, always be growing. So I try to spend time doing that in the morning, and then I'm usually at my desk by around 6:30 in the morning. Um, from there, you know, it, every day can be different, you know, but most of what I do is obviously because we're in a, we're in the media industry and we're working with clients. So there's a lot of, you know, meeting with clients, a lot of conference calls, a lot of responding to emails. I would say 80% of my day is involved with, you know, some sort of communication, whether it's meeting with people, getting on conference calls, 
Um, so that's a, that's a lot of my day. Um, and then you also want to spend time, obviously, you know, thinking about the strategic direction of your company and, and where you're going to be going and what your goals are. Uh, so, you know, set some time aside every day to think about that. Um, and then I usually finish work around 730, 8 o'clock at night. And that's, you know, that's it's a long day, but that's basically, you know, my day, except for when I'm on the road. I travel a lot as well. And then it's completely unpredictable. Richard, I know you have so many tasks and you have so much going on. Is work and life balance something you struggle with? Um, you know, the thing is, I don't really believe in a work life balance because it's just, you know, I don't think you can you can reach that kind of a perfect balance where you have everything figured out. I think you find a way to live your life so that you're doing everything. And obviously nothing is getting neglected. But at the same time, um, you know, you're, you're able to do it all at once. But you're also, you know, you're not trying to separate it into different compartments. Um, so, I mean, my fiance is also an entrepreneur, so we both, we both work long hours and we both live that lifestyle. So maybe that makes it a little bit easier for us. Um, but you know, it's just, it's really hard. I've never, to be honest, I don't think I've met many people who are ultra successful, who have found a way to, you know, perfect that work-life balance. So if you can't do it, you know, I, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel so bad about it. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, you have to find, you have to find ways to make time for the things that are priorities for you. Prioritizing your time is so important. Do you have any key habits you pursue and something that you would recommend to everybody? Yeah. I, like I said, I spend time reading every day. Um, so that one, that's a big one for me. You know, I spend time reading every morning and I usually spend time reading every night. Um, I try to drink a lot of water, you know, or especially when you don't sleep much, you got to drink a lot of water. So I, I try to read, I try to drink a lot of water. Um, you know, I'm always, I guess it's probably not a good habit, but I'm always on my email. So I probably, you know, I live and breathe my, my email as well. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for ways that I can, you know, spend more time, whether it's reflecting about how I'm spending my time and how I could better spend my time or reflecting about how we're growing as a company. I think it's really important to make it a habit to spend time to think, you know, just have, have quiet time, whether it's at the end of the day or early in the morning or whatever works for you. Um, you know, just to have quiet time to, to really think, think about what your plan is, think about your goals, figure out, you know, whether you're moving in the right direction, how you can do it better. Um, so if you can develop a habit like that, that's probably one of the most valuable things that you can spend your time on every day. Richard, it's been truly pleasure and honor to have you on the show. Do you have any last piece of advice for the audience? Yeah, you know, I would say figure out what you really like to do, what drives you, um, and then focus on doing that one thing. You know, if you're starting a business, focus on the one product or the one service that you're the best at doing um, and deliver amazing service for that product. You know, don't get sucked into the whole shiny object syndrome thing or, or trying to be everything to everybody. Focus on just one thing and focus on becoming the best at one thing. Um, you know, and then you'll, you'll, you'll never be broke if, if you have that, you know, that kind of skill, that kind of value that you can bring to the marketplace. What's the best way to find your line of connection? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter. My username there is rlorenzen. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at richardlorenzen, or you can uh, go to my website, richardlorenzen.com. Richard, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your journey with us. See you on the flip side. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.